Good morning. Good morning, Marion. I'm Vian Fenton May, an editor for the European Journal of Hospital Pharmacy. And we're really catching up after the European Association of Hospital Pharmacists conference, which was held in Paris, where you were one of the main keynote speakers and addressed the conference on the hospital pharmacist's impact on patient care. Marion, I wonder if you would just introduce yourself first, and then we could go in to discuss what you presented. Sure. Um, thank you for the opportunity. I'm Marianne Ivey, and I've been a hospital pharmacist for a number of years uh, in and have had responsibility for both uh, academic medical center hospitals and community hospitals in terms of introducing clinical pharmacy programs. I've been a clinical pharmacist myself in my early career, and so understand uh, some of the difficulties in in starting that role, as well as uh, what makes for a successful one, and and how to work with our partners in medicine and nursing and the other healthcare disciplines. So that's my background, and that's sort of the starting point in which I thought about the presentation for the EAHP meeting. Right. Um, one of your main thrusts um, is that one has to now work in teams. Am I correct in that? And how do you how do you get pharmacists to move into out of their pharmacy team and into a clinical team? Well, you are right that healthcare now is so complex, and there are so many areas of expertise to consider when you're taking care of patients that it really comes in a better form from a team. Pharmacists in traditional practice have been used to working by themselves for the most part. So introduction of working with a team and responsibilities and relationships that need to be created in an interprofessional team are part of the new learning that pharmacists uh, need to have and they need to develop those skills so that uh, they're very comfortable with working with a team. So one of the things is to start out early in colleges of pharmacy, sharing what those responsibilities are and actually letting student pharmacists work in teams so that when they move into practice, they're comfortable with it. If people, pharmacists are already in practice and don't have the opportunity to learn as students, then programs like the EAHP sponsored at the Congress uh, introduces the skills and um, the areas of responsibilities and accountabilities that pharmacists need to take on in order to then learn how to work successfully in teams. So that, I think, addresses your question about the importance, though, today of uh, interprofessional teamwork in the delivery of health care. Sure. Um, one thing I always feel on this is that, yes, we can have a unidisciplinary training on how to be a team player, but you really have to be part of the team, and the training then becomes multidisciplinary. Do you see much of that happening, so that you're actually trained out there in the team on the wards to be the team player? Right, and uh, that that is important, and that training is very much a part of 
several components of our education in the United States, and I I also heard that uh, similar things are going on in Europe. So to be specific, what I'm talking about is today's clinical pharmacy training for uh, PharmD graduates or the equivalent is very much centered around experience of the student in the actual work setting, in the actual pharmacy practice setting. No longer is it uh, satisfactory or adequate to teach students simply in the lecture hall. They can see the responsibilities and the knowledge uh, in the lecture hall, but then they have to have the opportunity to go out and work with seasoned pharmacists um, and practice their skills in the interdisciplinary setting. So, for example, our uh, PharmD students in the university that I'm associated with have what we call monthly rotations. One month they will be with internal medicine teams, both physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and all the other disciplines. The next month they may be on a cardiac service or a pulmonary service and so forth. And they do that 10 times. So there are 10 different rotations uh, in their final year where they're really practicing those skills. That's the basic education across the U.S. now. And, and then we also feel that residencies, uh, pharmacy residencies post-graduation, are very important to continued helping the pharmacists have uh, clinical judgment. And the clinical judgment uh, really takes experience married to the knowledge that they gained in the classroom to understand whether a um, certain potassium blood level, for example, is significantly high, that mean, has a clinical meaning, or just a little bit high and don't worry about it. And it's that clinical judgment that really makes the pharmacist valuable to the team so that they aren't raising alarms unnecessarily to physicians or nurses. Getting that clinical judgment is now part of the training that pharmacists have. Sure. So it's not something you can just walk out of a school of pharmacy with. It's really a, an experience gained in the workplace. That's correct. When when you work in the multidisciplinary teams, sometimes there are difficulties of understanding where responsibilities lie. Um, I mean, there are individual professional responsibilities for what you say, but then there are responsibilities to the team itself, and somebody has to take the final decision. How do those mold in the American uh, wards? Is it still the physician, of course, who can sign the death certificate, um, who has to say that finally that's right? Well, yes, I um, I would say that the physician is still the team captain, and um, because in any aspect of of uh, teamwork, I believe I believe that there has to be a final decision maker who has to take the responsibility. Um, for the final decisions, and um, and it doesn't matter whether you're managing a huge corporation or you're managing complex a, a complex patients' healthcare. 
I believe that there has to be that kind of structure in order to avoid chaos. Nevertheless, in any team, there are large uh, numbers of areas of expertise that are required to be brought to the decision process. And it's very difficult for any one person to have all those areas of expertise uh, within their control. So good team members realize that other people bring very important information to the decision process and are respected for, for their expertise. And that's what pharmacists have to learn, the give and take, um, the dialogue that it takes to get to the best decision for the individual patient. That's the practice um, that they have to go through and um, learn how to do that with other practitioners. Marian, you've certainly shown how you and your hospital have produced this team working in clinical pharmacy, but in many places it's very difficult to get some physicians to be interested in taking on pharmacy students and, and training them. How could you explain where they could best start that request to join a team? A young student came up to me because I participated in the session that David Priest did with uh, oh, yeah. students. And after that session, a student came up to me and said, I wanted to talk to you about how how it is, what kind of examples can you give me where you train your pharmacists to do this interprofessional collaboration. And I shared with him that it's one thing to say and to decide as a college of pharmacy or a school of pharmacy that you're going to participate in interprofessional education. It's an entirely different thing to get physicians and medical schools and nursing schools to agree to send their students to work with you at the same time. So there, there's a lot of work to be done. And one of the places that our college did it with medicine and nursing and other disciplines was over um, uh, charity care. You know, uh, people who have not enough money to pay for their care, but yet we have a social responsibility to help them uh, get good health care. So we use one of those charity clinics to uh, help our students learn those skills. And so, you know, every country and every city has its challenges in that regard, and that's one way that we put that together. Yeah, I suppose it's to find the weak spot where people need you, move in there and prove it. Well, that's right. Where people need you is a key issue, I think, and it doesn't matter, you know, what the example is, but in the assessment of where you can begin to work, where you're needed is a really good spot if you can start there. Well, thank you very much. I know from listening to everyone who attended the conference, they were very pleased with your presentation. Could I thank you very much for coming over and giving your expertise and opinions to Europe, and I hope you gained a little bit from our little Europe here. Thank you very much, Dr. Marion Ivey. You're welcome.